Are we live? Yeah. We're live. Oh, we're live. Well, it's oh, I missed the thumbs up. And it's nine forty-five. I totally missed the thumbs up. We're right on time. All right. Started like all of our other services. <laughs> exactly. This isn't all that different. <laughs> all right. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Online Church, another rendition of uh, how we're doing church in 2020. It's kind of crazy, we know, um, but we're going to go through like all of the possible options for doing church by the end of the year, I think. Um, so just want to say welcome. Uh, we were planning on doing a baptism service this um, today, but we've moved it to next Sunday because basically... Everybody who was planning on being baptized either wasn't able to make it or um, requested a different day, different time change for one reason or another. So um, we're going to do a service with just John and I here at church, and stay tuned for details next week. Our plan is to be back in the building at 9.45 and 11, so follow along with your email updates uh, and text updates, which, good segue here, if you don't get those, go on to My Life Bridge and sign up for email updates and text updates because we are sending those out a lot. With things changing so quickly um, in this season, it's definitely worth having. So you have that information in front of you. Um, thanks for giving. Thank you for giving online. You can go online at lifebridge.church and give there. Thank you for your, thank you for your faithfulness and for your generosity in giving and helping to continue the mission of LifeBridge here in Burlington. And we're going to talk more about that today, what uh, some of what you're giving is doing. Um, and finally, the gift drive. So with us not being meeting in person the last couple of weeks, um, you can drop gifts off at the building from 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. Is that this week? Yep. That is this week. And uh, if you would like a pickup uh, instead, you can email Tia. It's Tia at lifebridge.church. And she'll stop in and pick it up. Tea is great. Tea is amazing. Tea is great. She just does so much good stuff. Yep. So if you need uh, someone to come pick up gifts, just email Tia. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing. So would you join with me in prayer? Father, Lord, we praise your name. We are so, Lord, just in awe of who you are. Be honored and glorified in our praises today, even as we're gathered in various locations throughout the area. Lord, would you be honored in our praises, in our hearts, um, direction towards you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So guys, thanks again for joining us. We are doing today what we call Vision Sunday. So a couple times a year probably we will, um, we will walk through sort of where, we, where we, we're going, where we, where we sense God is, God is calling our church and, and the things that, that um, we believe God's doing. And our goal is always to, um, to get behind what God's doing here and not, and not fight those things. And so a lot of years that's been... Um, that's been really fun. There's been a lot of good, good fun things that um, that we've been able to explore and do, and creating new things and um, seeing a lot of growth in terms of numbers and those things. This year it's a little different, uh, and um, it hasn't been as easy of a year. That's definitely true, um, but we do still feel like God has been doing some amazing things, um, some really amazing things that we are um, excited about and excited to continue to explore in the next year and and to try to. To try to simply get in, um, get in the wake, as my old youth pastor would say, um, get in the wake of what God's doing. And uh, shout out, Pastor Michael, good guy. But um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And really, what we're going to talk about is um, is moving forward into next year. And we're going to start that by talking first about what we feel like God has been teaching us this year, what we feel like God has been showing us very clearly, and that from that. Um, 
that we we believe that that does sort of um, direct us towards what what moving forward is going to look like what what 2021 is going to look like so first we're going to talk about what we feel like god's been teaching us what we've been learning this year then we're going to talk about what we're excited about for for next year for 2021 the end of this year and next year actually um, and it is it, when it is things that I really am very excited about. We're not just uh, pretending. Um, we are excited about what what God has been teaching us and showing us about church through this uh, through this um, more difficult season. I've said many times uh, before this year. I said many times that we are we are in the all weddings no funerals mm-hmm. phase of ministry. So starting a young church and being in the phase that we were. Um, there were a lot of a lot of things to celebrate, um, but the, we, you know this is maybe the first year that we've had um, more consistent difficulty in in ministry, and uh, and God's been teaching us I think tremendous things through that. So we want to talk about that a little bit. We also want you guys to join the conversation today as we talk about really these two themes of um, what have we been learning and then what are we excited about. We would love to have you pitch in as well. So you can text our church line, which is two six two. Seven five seven eight five eight eight. You can text us on our church line, and um, and tell us what tell us from your perspective. What has God been teaching you this year? What are you excited about for next year? So we'd love to hear from you as well. So uh, go ahead and, and text us if you wanna if you wanna pitch in on that. And so, um, but we're going to talk about uh, actually four things that we've um, just dial in on four things quickly that we think we've learned in uh, in twenty twenty. And uh, anything you want to. Before we before we talk about this first one, no, let's dive in. You text in, I'll get it and say it. Cool. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is um, something that I think we it's not that we didn't know this, but God has definitely been showing it um, to us in, in clear ways this year. So we talk about church growth, and we have been um, since we started sort of slowly and steadily growing. Um, uh, but this year, we've been really learning the lesson that uh, that numbers growth and discipleship growth are are two very, very different things. Two very, very different things. Yeah, so I think we, we planted the church, what, six years ago? And it's been a pretty steady, like, numbers growth. So it's something that we, we can always say, um, it's something we've known theoretically, you know, that numbers growth doesn't necessarily mean discipleship growth. Um, but this year has really kind of cemented it in our minds experientially as well um, through the conversations that we've been having and just the situation that we find ourselves in. So um, we hope that that's been something that you guys have been thinking through and processing as well. We've obviously had lower attendance this year than in normal years, and that's not just attendance in church. That's, you know, views and and people checking out uh, YouTube, stuff like that. So um, our hope is always, though, that when somebody does, like somebody new comes into church, that... um, We'll have time to get to know them. They'll get to know us. We'll have the opportunity to invest in them um, and to help them grow spiritually and help them take those next steps. Um, so uh, numbers growth isn't necessarily a bad thing. That's where your story maybe starts um, for your spiritual growth. Um, a time when you really grew spiritually is when you came into a church as a visitor and maybe it was our church or another church, but uh, somebody in, a church invested in you. And then you began to grow in your faith. So that, that first experience of meeting new people is always a good thing. And new people coming to church is always a good thing. Um, but we know that it doesn't necessarily equate to spiritual growth. And a uh, church with a lot of people in it doesn't necessarily mean that that church is healthy and thriving. So we've known that theoretically, but this year we've kind of had to walk through it and experience that. Um, and the other aspect of that that, that 
we've really had to invest in is church outside of Sunday morning. So we've always talked about not just being a Sunday morning church, um, not just being driven by what happens on Sunday morning, but Bevan says it just about every week, I think, is there's other things going on during the week um, that are church as well. So this year has forced us to kind of take a step back and reflect on the Sunday morning worship experience. And to stay connected, we have to invest in other areas and other things throughout the week instead of just Sunday morning where uh, gathering a large crowd together wasn't a wise decision for various times and reasons. Yeah, I'd say, um, I, can't, I guess I can't quantify this for sure, but I kind of have this, this theory that we've probably, um, we've probably experienced more discipleship growth this year than any other year. Um, I know that I have, and um, so that's sort of the, the two reasons why I think that is probably true is, A, because hard times and trials lead to those opportunities for growth. Um, Paul talks about that a lot in Scripture, but also because that's been, that's been true for us, and we, we've talked a few times over the course of this year about how, how getting, um, getting Sunday mornings taken away from us for a time and then, um, and, uh, and then experiencing experiencing a, a time of ministry where there's no decision we can make that's going to please everybody. And there's just been a number of things this year, and you guys know what they are. We don't need to rehash it all, but it has really helped us. Um, I'll just speak for myself, but it's, it's helped me grow so much in the sense of like my, my identity not being connected to, um, to how successful churches and how well things are going here and how happy people are with me or any of those things. So we've experienced some things this year that have been really difficult, but they've forced us, I think, to grow and to, and to deal with, or at least, again, for me, areas of my identity that I, I didn't want to be tied to how things were going here, but, you, you know, I just wasn't totally aware of them. I think there were maybe blind spots. So, so I've experienced a lot of growth this year, um, and, and we've talked through a lot just kind of that process together, and I'm so thankful that we, we kind of do this as a team, so we've been able to do that. Um, but I think that's true for a lot of us, and it, 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 is, um, it is something that we want for everyone from our church, like that, you know, to not, whatever, whatever's happened this year, like to not waste that hurt, to not waste that frustration, to not waste it um, without learning from it and growing from it, and that's something we've been sort of passionate about throughout, about, throughout this year. Um, but yeah, so I really do think that um, we've probably experienced more this year within our, our church of discipleship growth, and I think there's a ton of opportunity for that to continue moving forward. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of, whenever we face controversy, crisis, or challenges, that's, it forces us to ask big questions and to really reflect on our heart, our thinking, um, and to kind of formalize some things. So I've noticed that, especially this year, it's helped me really think through, think through some important things, important topics, even theological topics, um, and to come to some clarity on those. But like John was saying, it's really helped me grow a lot as well. Um, for me, especially, and in, in my personality, rejection isn't something that I usually handle well. Um, it's something that I know is people-pleasing, is something that I have to constantly be on guard against, and I don't always do that super well. Um, but this year, with the decisions that we've made, as John has already said, that there's no, with every decision, there's been no way to make everybody happy. So some people are always frustrated or always upset with our decision that we make. And for me, especially, like that kind of reflects, uh, or that goes to uh, a deeper kind of, it takes on a more meaning with me because of my tendency to 
people please and wanting to make everybody happy with my with just who I am. So I've had to really wrestle with that. Uh, one of one of my main words for this year has just been faithfulness. Um, how it's it's really helped me clarify my call in ministry and what I'm doing is to just continue to be faithful and to do what God has called us to to preach the word faithfully um, and to make decisions that we that uh, we pray on, we reflect on, and we think are are strong have a strong biblical basis and and just go from there because that's all we can kind of do is be faithful. And we've got an increased um, focus, even coming into this year, we had an increased focus on kind of the bread and butter of discipleship, the stuff that, that matters so much that we thought in some ways we needed to do a better job of, of teaching and and, um, and reinforcing the importance of, of those things with uh, starting the devotional, which is now an audio devotional as well. That was a big part of it. And, uh, and talking about some of the practices that, like, there's a lot of different, you know, discipleship strategies out there, um, but there are a few things that are really important for Christians to do, and we want to we wanna focus on the right things. So do you want to talk a little bit more about, about that? I mean, we, we've been focusing mm-hmm. on it in, in the devotional, actually, right. last week and this coming week, right? right. So go yeah. ahead. Yeah, so pretty much every time I look at surveys or any study that they do where they ask people, how did you grow spiritually in your faith, like, Pretty much every every one. I think Barna just did a rec- uh, one recently, where David Kinnaman talks about how it, like most spiritual growth happens through the disciplines. Uh, it happens through the same spiritual practices that have existed in the church throughout history. So things like prayer, things like fasting, things like community life, like those those things that have uh, like silence, Sabbath. Those are the main things that have Bible reading always been involved in the church in some way, shape, or form. So in, in some ways, there's just no, like, there's no secret to it. <laughs> like, there's right. no, um, we know how to grow spiritually, but I think there's some things that uh, what we've been trying to do is just keep emphasizing those in our talk of the practices. And over the last few weeks in the devotional, we've been talking about two practices. Last week, uh, if you followed along, we talked about private worship, what Chuck um, discussed a couple weeks ago. He defined it as the obedient giving of adoration to God in an isolated location. Uh, Psalm 27.4 was his verse. It says, One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So I'm not going to rehash everything that Chuck said about that, but it's what David's getting at in this psalm is not... Um, to live in the temple of God. He's describing a constant awareness of God's presence, of everything that he does in his life is in adoration to God, is in a recognition of God's presence with him. So what we want to do is develop a practice of private worship. So I hope you followed along. We kind of took it step by step and just made it as, um, as one step simplified as possible for you to develop this practice of private worship. This coming week, we're going to talk about Sabbath. We're going to kind of do the same thing. Just each day plan out one more aspect of how to practice a Sabbath. So whether this is something that you've practiced regularly or something that's new to you, um, my hope is that this year or this week, you'll kind of hone in that skill of resting, of stopping and resting and practicing a Sabbath in some capacity. Um, I think this is really important for a few reasons. One is God rested on the Sabbath day, on the seventh day in creation. So that reflects on the past and where, where we come from. So we're, when we do this, we're not only reflecting on what God did in creation, but kind of stepping into what um, 
God's people have done throughout the centuries of this seventh-day rest practice. Um, the story of history is also moving forward to kind of a, a return to the seventh-day rest. So we're practicing for this future seventh-day rest um, that will be in the new creation. And ultimately, Jesus promises to give us this rest, which he says we can practice now in him. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, I've preached on it a few times this year. This has been a really formative verse for me this year. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So this Christians can practice in the present, this present experience with Christ. Those verses are just full of seventh-day Sabbath rest language, and Jesus promises that we can find that in him. I think it's also important for us to do this um, kind of as a counter to idolatry of work and self-sufficiency. We've been talking about redemptive work, and I think one of the important things for us to make sure that our work continues to be redemptive is to stop and to trust in God, and to remind ourselves that we are not fully self-sufficient. It's kind of like a check on our um, idolatry of work. That's good. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be an, an area of, of focus, and, and we're going to keep kind of doubling down on, on the things that we think really matter in terms of discipleship. So all that to say, we, we want the building to be full. We want visitors. We want all of those things. Um, it, it's not that we don't or that we think that smaller is better uh, necessarily, but um, what, another thing we've been looking at and talking about is next week, if, if we baptize the people that we're planning to baptize, we will, we will have about, um, I believe, and I, these numbers I don't think are, they're not exactly accurate, but we'll, our attendance numbers will be like half of last year, and our baptisms, I believe, will be more than last year. And so I think that's a telling, um, that's a telling thing right there mm-hmm. in terms of what what the actual, where the actual discipleship is happening. So we want to continue. We want people here, and we love it when the building's full on Sunday mornings, but that's not really why we're gathering. We are gathering to be discipled, mm-hmm. to grow in community, to grow closer um, to God and to that rest that, that we're talking about. So, um, cool. So we're going to go to number two. Uh, the second thing that we've really been uh, being, God has been teaching us, uh, and again, we Probably would have said it before, but I think I at least would have struggled with this one of really like applying it and believing it, which is just simply that we can't be uh, what every person wants us to be. As a church, we cannot um, be what every person wants us to be. And this was a hard lesson that we were already learning. Um, the, so this conversation had already sort of started before the pandemic. Like we were realizing more and more like, look, there are some things we need to do here, and it's not going to make everybody happy. And there's groups of people that people that we love, people that we want to be a part of our church, and um, and we want them to be satisfied with their church experience, so to speak. Um, but so we saw this coming down the pipeline even last year, and then the pandemic just sort of like sped everything up, and and I think taught us that lesson as leaders that we we simply just need to understand all the time that there's no way to make everyone happy. Um, and I don't want to spend much time on the pandemic right now. You guys all know the decisions we've made and that different people have handled those different ways. Um, but even in, in 2019, we were, we were coming up on some things and we, we, some issues that we were aware of that were going to cause conflict. They just were. 
and whether, you know, whenever we got to them, they were going to cause conflict. And in some ways, we were probably resistant to that because it was a new it was a new thing for us. But we had a uh, we had a large amount of attenders who weren't really visitors anymore, but they also weren't really like involved or connected. We had kids ministry rooms that were packed with kids, but we, we had a depleted, growingly frustrated base of kids ministry volunteers. And uh, we had a big waiting list for people wanting to join circles, join groups, and with no one to lead new groups. So these were, uh, these were issues that are, are pretty normal for a church that all of a sudden has a bunch of visitors. Um, but we were like staring these issues in the face. And then when COVID hit, we sort of like had a whole new set of issues and, and those things it sort of went away, at least, at least for, uh, for now, right? Um, but those issues were already there. And um, I probably wasn't ready to admit some of the things that I today am ready to say about, about, about our church and what we're able to do. Because I think I would have felt like I was letting people down to a large degree. Because um, I want everybody to come in and, and church be what they want it to be and what they need it to be. Um, but we're going to let people down. That's one of the things we've learned this year. We are going to let people down. Um, so I'm... So w- I'm going to say what I say now. I don't want, don't hear this with negativity or frustration. That's not what it is at all. Um, but we've learned some things that our church can't be moving forward. The first one is we, we've learned, and I think we've learned this lesson over years, but we can't be a place that you can get connected without some patience and effort. Like you, we cannot, this is not a place where you can come in and immediately get plugged in and there's a program that's perfect for you and there's a program that's perfect for your kids. There's a program that's perfect for everyone. Um, we are we are just not that church. We are a place that is about we're about deep relationship and deep community for people who are willing to put forth the effort. And it doesn't happen immediately. You're not going to come in and and have best friends on day one, right? Um, but we're not um, we are not unwelcoming, and we're not we're not closed off. It's simply a matter of it takes time, it takes patience, it takes effort, and that's who we are. And I I it just is who we are. Um, Another thing we can't be, we've realized, and moving forward, there's going to be some shift here, just because there has to be, and we, we've learned that, is we can't be a place where you can drop your kids off in kids' ministry and never help out. We just, we can't be that. It doesn't work. Um, and we can't be a place where there's a church program for everybody. So again, um, we can't be these things. It's not even that we don't want to. It's not that we're like frustrated and we're like, enough. no, we just can't. It's just not working. It won't, it was, it was going to stop working. It was already starting to stop working mm-hmm. before the pandemic. Um, I actually kind of wish that we could be those things, honestly. Right. Right. It, it sound, I would love to just be able to be like, yeah, come in, whatever works for you, and then we can help you grow from there. Mm-hmm. Um, my heart is that we could do that. Maybe someday we will be able to, to do some of those things. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, like, we, this, is, this is who we are, and this is what we can do. Um, and so, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot. I mean, there's... There's a lot of events. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of stories. There's a lot of things behind the stuff that John just said. So if you're hearing that and you're kind of and you're kind of like stunned, like I thought that's what every church was trying to be or trying to do or whatever. Um, the point John's making is that we can't. Like churches literally just cannot do all of those things. So if you have more questions about about why um, or what was happening. Just reach out to us, and we're, we're happy to have those conversations with you and give you some more information. But I think bottom line, one of the, one of the big things that, biggest lies that church leaders tend to buy into and that um, church people tend to buy into about discipleship and spiritual formation is that it can be easy. Um, 
that getting connected in relationships and having like authentic, real, genuine, deep community uh, to grow with can be easy. It's not, <laughs> and it never will be. Um, but that's what makes it valuable is that it's difficult. And, and when we put in the hard work and we can grow from it, then that's where the spiritual growth comes in. Um, Jesus said a lot of things about how, min about how spiritual growth can be really difficult. First of all, his ethic is crazy difficult, where he says things like, if your eye ca causes you to sin, gouge it out. He says, if you hate your brother, you've already committed murder in your heart. Um, he tells us to take up our cross and follow him. Um, I've, <laughs> I've mentioned this before, too, but one of the books I've been reading is Sky Jatani's new book, and I just love the title. Like, what if Jesus was serious? Like, I get, I get hyperbole. I get how Jesus used hyperbole. I don't think he literally meant that we should gouge our eyes out um, when we sin with them. But he was saying something. Um, he, was say he was talking about the, the seriousness with which we should take our sin and how we should fight for holiness and for purity, uh, to follow him with integrity. So he was saying something there. And if we believe the words of Jesus then I think we should be seeing that discipleship is not going to be easy. It's not, uh, it's not a quick fix. It's not a simple um, plug in this program and everybody will grow in their faith and be discipled and grow closer to Jesus. It just doesn't work that way. Um, but then again, Jesus also said, what the verse that I read earlier, he said, come to me and I will give you rest, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So I think the struggle for us is just constantly coming to Jesus, is shedding our sin, coming to Christ, um, eliminating or removing as much as we can our pride, our selfishness, our, the sin in our life, and fully trusting in Jesus and that his way truly is best. That's a fight and that's a challenge. And when you, like, I struggle with that and I know that my sin is ugly and then you throw that into a community of a lot of people and man, there's a lot of tension there. Um, and it's not going to be easy, but we grow through the pain and we grow through the difficulty of it. Yeah, so I, the last thing I'd say is that I think what we, what we have discovered that we can be and, and kind of a big part of who our DNA is as a church is we can be a place of deep community and, and family and relationship and growth for people who, who desire that, who deeply desire that and are, and are willing to work hard at it. Mm -hmm. But exactly what you said is true. We can't make it, um, we can't make it easier for people it's not. And um, even in, there's ways that I want to, right? Mm -hmm. I actually do. My heart is to make it easier for people to get connected and for people to grow in those things. But in some ways, that's just not the reality right. of how it works. And so, and that doesn't mean like we're not going to teach with clarity and mm -hmm. you know clearly articulate some ways that you can grow in your faith. That that's not what that means. No, um, or give people opportunities to get connected. It's exactly. not, we're not making huge. You know, it, it, we're still a welcoming place. We still want people to come and get, mm -hmm. but we just, our, our role in that and our ability, it, not even just us as pastors, but, but as a, a large community is limited in mm -hmm. what, in what our role in that can actually be. Yeah. And, and I think that's what we've been learning. Mm -hmm. So the third thing, and there's a little bit of it happening already this morning, which I think is good. But um, the third thing we've been learning this year is that we, we need to be more direct. Um, and this year has been a, a good, uh, again, a good testing ground for that. Um, but we've been hearing a lot from people. So uh, we, we, we approach non-essential issues differently than a lot of churches do. 
We like to present both sides. We like to hear. We like to hear both sides, um, and um, and there's a lot of value in that. We don't want we don't want to be a place where where um, you only hear one side of things, and then you, just, you know, and we don't present both honestly, and then you go hear it somewhere else, and you're like, I didn't even know this existed, or uh, whatever. We don't want that for our kids. We don't want that for adults. Um, so, and that's not going to change. That is, we do think it's valuable. I was just talking to uh, texting with a guy last week. He said, "Hey, I've got some concerns about um, about this this video, or I don't remember the exact details, but that you shared or that you uh, talked with this guy, you know, whatever." And I said, "Yeah, I have some concerns about some of the things that he has said as well. It's not that we, it's not that we agree with every single thing. The point is, we want to broaden uh, our knowledge and our." Um, on non-essential things and on different issues, we want to be able to hear other opinions because we think it helps us grow. And so, and so we're not gonna, we are not gonna change on that. But I think sometimes, um, we, wh- one of the things I've learned this year is the people at our church actually want to know, like, okay, so you presented both sides, but what do you think? You know, what do you actually think? And and in truth, um, I'm not, I'm not that. Uh, I don't play that stuff that close to the vest. I'll tell you what I think. But there are times when. Um, when we don't necessarily think that from the pulpit on Sunday morning is the time for that, or um, or or whatever, so we need to be more, be more direct about our opinions about things sometimes, um, about what's happening in the world, be it cultural, political, that sort of stuff. I think we need to at times be more direct about those things, um, about what's ha- what what we need, uh, just as as the pastors of, of what we need from our church family. I think we can be more direct about those things as well. So we still, we still value hearing other, different opinions, but I, I do think there are times when people just want to know what we think. And, um, and it's not, that's not even to say that Sunday morning is always the place for that, but we do want to continue you, probably using the podcast in some other ways to make that clear to people. So you understand, Hey, you know, whatever this happened in the news, here's how we as Christians are processing this and how we kind of think that you guys should be processing that as well. Um, so we might start by presenting different opinions, but then say, like, but ultimately, here's what's wrong with that opinion. Here's what's wrong with this opinion. We have those thoughts sometimes, or all the time, really. And so um, so we can be more direct about those things and, and creating different ways to do that and uh, creating other ways for creating ways for other people in our church to be more direct with us, I think, is good, is good too. So we want to have, like, the, this year has helped us just sort of, like, realize the need for more of that and... Um, and just start kind of exercising that muscle. So I think we're off to it. We there's been a shift there already, and I think we're going to have to need to. And and I think it's good that we carry that forward. Yeah, we'll be talking later. We'll talk more about like how we're going to carry this forward and stuff like that. These are just kind of the things that we've been learning, and we'll talk about how we're going to implement some of these things later. Um, but yeah, on that note, one of the about being more direct on things like non-essential issues and what's going on. What's going on in the culture in the world? One of the one of the things that I've been thinking a ton about is what does pastoral authority look like in 2020 and in our current church, um, just our culture and our landscape. Um, and this is I'm not going to go into a that's a big conversation, so I'm not going to really dive into it. That's probably a conversation for the podcast that we're going to have. But this year has really has really forced that um, for us to reflect on that a little bit more. So is how do um, is how do we approach, how do we, what voice should we have in your life? Um, and how do we communicate that? And on what things should we be speaking to and not speaking to? Um, 
because like as John said, what we tend to do is teach kind of generally, and then my my prayer is that the general principle that we teach, you will take and begin applying it to multiple areas of your life throughout the week. So if you hear something on Sunday, when you read a news article on Monday or Wednesday, that'll click and you'll apply that truth to what we were talking about there. Um, but I think in some things, and I don't think Sunday morning is really the time to have a lot of those conversations. So I think the podcast is really going to be something where we, we can lean into and discuss some of these things. But what I've been reflecting on, too, is just how you know, Jesus, Jesus said some stuff, man. He said some, like, challenging stuff um, in John chapter 6, where he, he talks about being the bread of life. And all of the crowds desert him except the disciples, you know. And he even turns to them and says, are you guys going to leave, too? You know, Jesus said, some, Jesus said some challenging things. And that doesn't give us permission to be jerks. We're not, we're not just going to, like, start being jerks. I think a lot of church leaders take take John 6 and be like, well, now I can say whatever I want. And if people leave, they leave. Like, no, that's not it. Like, it doesn't give you permission to be a jerk and uh, say things that are just intentionally um, contentious. So we're not going to do that, but we do want to uh, tell you what we think. And we're doing this just out of a uh, out of a desire for you to hear our thoughts and to help you help you sift through some of the stuff going on in our world today, some of the theology that we're talking through and how to apply it to your life. Um, it's all about spiritual formation, really. So this and everything else that we've talked about, these things that we've learning, we've been learning this year, it's all about uh, us learning how to better do spiritual formation in a church context. Uh, we're constantly refining this and we're constantly working towards it. We hope you are as well and thinking about how am I growing? What do I need to do in my church context to grow more in my faith and become more like Jesus? We're constantly doing the same thing, thinking through how to do this better. So that's what we've been, that's really, I think, what summarizes a lot of this is how to, how to better do spiritual formation. For sure. The last thing, um, the last thing that we want to um, just just say that we we've been learning this year is um, that we need to we need to do a better job, and we need we need other people leading. We need other we need to get people involved in in leadership in in more um, and in the ministry, like the actual discipleship ministry of our church, in more promising ways. And I think our heart has always been, both of us, our heart has been. To be able to, to take a back seat in certain areas and let other people lead and do that, so it it's really not a it's not a I don't think it's an issue of control or heart at all. It's really more about just learning how to do that better. I think there's times when in our head we're like, oh yeah, we told them to go and run with that or to do that, but they don't feel supported or they don't feel like equipped to do it or, or whatever. So we're we're trying to get better at leading and equipping leaders to. Uh, to uh, to really so that our church can function more as a body, as as Paul talks about, of of you know, um, the different aspects of the body working together to do the ministry of the church. We don't want to be a church that's driven by the two of us um, doing what we're doing right now. Um, we want over time to be more and more a a, a church that's led by the body uh, in our worship services, in our um, in our leadership, in, in in our care ministry, all the things we do. And so, again, this has always been our heart, but we just need to get better at facilitating it. And we're seeing that need, and we're working towards um, getting better at actually facilitating um, getting people involved. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. But we're going to sing a couple more songs right now. Um, just as, we, as we're reflecting back on this year and, 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 and how good God has been and what we've, what we've learned, what God has been teaching us, um, 
just I just want to sing a few more songs, and so I hope you'll join me from uh, your laptop or your phone or wherever you are. All right. So now we're going to kind of talk a little bit about where we're going, <clears throat> about some of the things that we are going to do um, in light of the lessons that we've been learning, um, in light of the things that we've kind of discovered and unpacked um, over the course of this year. So the four things we're going to talk about for 2021, um, and they all relate to the stuff that we have been talking about. So first for uh, missions and outreach, John, why don't you go ahead with this one? Yeah, so we're, so we're really excited about all of this stuff, but um, the first thing we want to talk about is missions and outreach and where we are, uh, where we are going in 2021. So uh, one of the things that's very exciting to us is we've been getting close. We've always had a heart for um, generously being a part of outreach in our community uh, with, with local partners um, and also about, about global missions and, and being a part of those things. And I think sometimes global missions gets a little bit of a bad rap because people see it as, as an area where money's not always used efficiently or you know, short-term missions sometimes gets kind of a bad, uh, a bad rap as well for the same reason. Um, but we, and we get it. We, we agree with some of that stuff. Um, but our heart has always been to find the right partnerships, right? So it's not, it's, we don't want to ditch it completely and say like, okay, well, the rest of the world um, doesn't need our, our resources and our, no, it, it does a lot. For, um, the gospel of Jesus in our world needs the resources that we have in our country that a lot of places just don't have. But how do we do that well and how do we do that faithfully and steward our, our finances well as well? So, and so what we're really excited about is that we feel like we're, we're getting over time a more clear picture of what our role in that looks like. And one of the, the things that we've been, we've been doing for a couple years now is Gather and Give. Gather and Give is still pretty new. We had a big event last year. We couldn't do an event this year, but there's a video out right now. And, um, and so that's one area where we want to continue to invest and, and grow in, in that Gather and Give um, partnership with our, local, uh, with our local charity partners. But it's also an initiative that I think, I think really points people to the kingdom of God as we as a church are... Um, are doing this are just doing this good work for no for no reason except to do it because we believe that we're called to to do to seek the common good as Christians. We believe that that people are going to uh, see those good works and and glorify our Father who's in heaven. So that's that's a big goal behind Gather and Give, and we're excited to continue that one forward. Uh, the next one is the Halu House. So um, Darren and Lindsay Nicholson. Darren was baptized here just a few weeks ago, and if you didn't get to meet Darren and Lindsay while they were here. Um, in that Gather and Give video, you can see their story a little bit as well, so I would definitely check that out. Um, but the Hulu House is, is in South Africa. Lindsay and Darren run the Hulu House, and they got stuck here during, during the pandemic. So they were actually in Burlington for most of this year, and they were involved in church. Um, and uh, they, were, man, they, they were able to grow a lot and, and focus on their marriage and their family. They've got a, they've got a one-year-old named Carter. But also um, they were serving in different capacities and just being a part of, of church here for a while. And they could tell you how, um, and they do a little bit in that video, but just kind of what that time meant to them and how they've grown and the things they want to take back to South Africa with them. They have successfully gotten back to South Africa, and one of the big things that's happening is while they were here, um, we sort of, as a, as a church and some of the relationships that, that they'd formed from church, we were able to help them um, basically purchase a, a property in a farm with a number of buildings on it, so they can continue to grow the Hulu House. They they've got eight kids that they've been um, they have been living with them in South Africa. They've got uh, a staff too. They've got a kind of a house mom they call her, and uh, her husband who who helps them with maintenance and things like that. And they needed more space. They also needed to separate kids uh, in, into boys and girls. 
Um, and so we basically help them make the jump and by committing to partnering with them, and we are committing to partnering with them really long-term, as, long as, uh, as long as things are going well and they're still fulfilling their mission, but even more so for the next three years to help them get over the hump of buying this farm and being a part of that. And so, so we're really excited about that partnership. We're really excited about investing in, in Lindsay and Darren and their family. Um, and we want that in South Africa to be this, this long-term partnership for our church that we can trust, that we know them, that we have relationship with them, that, um, that we have th- that just that built-in, that trust um, that goes back years and years. So we're really excited about the potential of that to eventually, hopefully, take trips there and help um, to, be, and to be involved in that way and, and to have them back here and to serve them when they're here as well because they'll come home to fundraise. Uh, home is there for them. I'm thinking home for me. But they'll come back to fundraise and to do some other stuff. But for this to sort of be their, their, um, their landing base when they, when they come back to the States as well. And then the third one is um, we do think there's going to be more needs around COVID-19, people losing their jobs and, and, and things like that. We think there's going to be more of that coming in this next year. And so as, as we roll out, um, we roll into the last month of the year here, I'm going to be talking more about it uh, in the month of December. But basically, we are doing a, a, a giving push for the month of December. And the, our giving push is basically, what our goal is $70,000 for the month of December. And half of that is to cover our normal stuff. And the other half is going to be for our missions and outreach. Now, we already budget to give to missions and outreach, but this is above and beyond. So $35,000 to cover our costs uh, through the rest of the year and, and, and finish on budget. $35,000 to the Hulu House to gather and give and to the COVID Needs Fund. And so what we have actually is we have a $35,000 um, donation that's already been given, $15,000 for the Hulu House, $10,000 for gather and give, and $10,000 for that COVID Needs Fund. And we're going to try to match those dollars so that by the end of the year we would have, um, we would have $30,000 for the Hulu House, um, $20,000 into that Gavin Gift Fund, $20,000 towards the COVID need, and we pay our bills through the end of the year. So that's $70,000 for the month of December. We want you to be a part of it. So whether you, whether you give in the general budget, some of it's going to go towards that, or if you want to uh, say this is for the Hulu House, this is for Gavin Gift, whatever, either is okay. But the goal is $70,000, and if we do that, we're going to be able to give half to those partners. And, um, and with the Hulu House, the way that's going to set up is we're going to actually send them a monthly installments. And then over the course of three years, that, month, that amount is going to kind of decrease to help them kind of raise up their support level. And um, the farm's going to help them uh, generate some income and be more sufficient that way as well. So we're really excited about, but even in a year where, where things feel lean and things feel uh, a little bit different, to still generously push forward with our missions and outreach, because that's such a big part of the heart of our church. We don't want to lose sight of it in, in, um, just because um, it's a little bit more of a difficult time. So that's our missions and outreach. We're really excited about, about where it's going, and we want you to get involved in, in giving at the end of this year. Yeah, and I think that's, in this, in this season, I think it's really important for us to kind of zoom out and to um, keep our eyes on something bigger, on what God is doing globally and what God is doing in the other organizations in our area through Gather and Give and for COVID need fund, for those who are going to have needs related to COVID. Um, I think it's really important for us to to zoom out and to keep others at the center of our perspective. Um, we're also really excited about our teaching strategy. So um, we started it this fall. Our campaigns and conferences and calms, calm weeks strategy. We we love this idea. I think it's going to be really formative. Um, we hope that you'll kind of come along with us into this routine of how you're planning your how you're planning your weeks planning your vacations, everything. So 
um, campaigns are the the big we call them we call them campaigns the big picture like twelve weeks of one topic is essentially what we're hitting, and then at the end of towards the end of the campaigns we have a couple weeks of conference times where we'll really just kind of blitz some content and we just finished up with one a couple weeks ago where there will be online a lot of stuff online but stuff going on at least for one whole week where you can really dive in and cement some of the ideas that we've been talking about in the campaign. Uh, the normal campaign stuff is just the like, typical church, right? Um, we're consolidating content in this as well, so our content is all going to be geared towards one theme, one main topic. Um, we just finished the Redemptive Life campaign, so uh, and we might break it up into some different series and stuff in there, but it's all kind of centered around one theme. And then the calm time as well, just built-in time into our annual calendar for rest and to, to, so that church isn't contributing to the hurry and to the panic and the chaos. So you can, you can plan on having times of rest with your church calendar and the things that you're involved in for church. Um, some of the other things we're going to be, that we are doing, is um, the, the devotional on podcasts. Um, you can, we want... The goal here is to just keep getting like more and more content in front of you throughout the week because we know that um, Sunday morning is only an hour and 10 minutes, an hour-ish. If I start preaching long, maybe an hour 15. Um, <laughs> but that's one hour a week compared to all of the other content that you're consuming throughout the week. And for, for as I said earlier, for us to be formative, as a church and to, to help disciple you um, and to help you grow in your faith, that's just, that's just not enough. Um, so what we want to do is continue to produce more content and get stuff out that you can listen to every day for the devotional. Um, once a month, we're going to try to put out a podcast of John and I basically just talking about what's happening in the world, uh, where we'll kind of cover some things and talk through some different ideas. And that's an opportunity for us to, again, kind of share um, directly what we think about some of this stuff and how what we think scripture has to say to events happening in the world and how how our christian perspective and worldview should be framing how we view some of these things so we're looking forward to that stuff yeah and i think one of the things we've learned this year like we talked about a little bit before but like it i would say a year ago i would have thought no, nobody from our church wants to hear my thoughts on this political thing or whatever but what we've learned this year and had a lot of conversations about is people really do want to know what their pastors think about this stuff and so we are going to, we, we, we don't, it's not a secret. We'll tell you what we think about a lot of this stuff, but so what we're going to do is you can always ask us, but most people aren't brave enough to do that. So instead, we will, uh, we will put out a monthly episode where we try to process what's going on. And the heart behind it is we do want to be direct about it. We do think it's important stuff. And we know that that's what everyone is processing Monday through Friday. And so we want to be a part of that and speak into that. But at the same time, we don't want Sunday morning church to become a place where like, our our whole whatever we were going to do in church gets upended by the current event every single time. It's like, all right, we got to put out a statement. You're going to read it on Sunday morning, or we got to do, you know, we. So we're going to use that as another way to do that. So you can you can hear how we're processing this stuff, but you can still come to church on Sunday morning, and it's not it's not as tied to the events of the day. So it, it's a good way to balance. Like we don't want to we don't want Sunday service to be like we live in a cave, so we have no idea what's happening in the world. We know we follow that stuff, and we we um, but we also do want it to be a place where it can be at least to some degree a place where we can come and forget about that stuff for an hour, you know, and, and focus on, on different things. So, so instead, we're going to do that, that monthly episode, and it's a good thing. And it, with the campaigns and a lot of the stuff, it's, 
it's not like we, we don't it's not like that the strategy is like we're married to it or that it's it's amazing or whatever and we're not trying to get you excited about something that's just like a calendar thing what it really is more than anything is we're we're trying to realize like how we can how all of us as a church how we can help we build our calendars in a way that are that are more um that are better for discipleship and how we can focus on topics and focus in on things talk about things in a way that helps us grow and so uh, the, those that that new podcast, those episodes, I think will help with that. Sticking with the campaigns model will help with that. The audio devotional is great. We're still working on kind of refining that and 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 making that better, and we'll continue to do that in the next year as well. Have some plans for that. So we're very excited about those things, and, and at the conferences as well, having guest speakers come through. We had guest speakers both weeks of this conference. That's kind of the plan moving forward as well. It's a great spot for for the for guest speakers and. Um, a good way to get other people involved, guest worship teams, even things like that. So, very excited about about that whole strategy. Uh, the next thing that we're excited about is that we really do think 2021 is going to be a year of tremendous spiritual growth. It's going to be it's going to be a year that um, that for the people who are seeking it, we think that it's going to be a year of tremendous spiritual growth. So we um, and again, I think I think it's because of some of the hard stuff that's happened this year, uh, for sure. Um, but as we get into what we think, you know, we talked about some of the things we don't feel like we're equipped and things we can't do as a church. One of the, one of the areas where we think we really are positioned to minister well is um, is around deep meaning con- meaningful community and uh, incarnate relationship. And you can talk a little bit about about what that is in just a second. But um, we think there's a hunger for it. There's a, especially coming out of the pandemic. There's going to be a hunger for being together in person connecting in person, putting our phones away, putting our phones down, those sorts of things, and and getting into deep, meaningful, life-changing communities. So one of our core values as a church is that we fight for life-changing community. It's not easy, but it's always worth it. And we believe that so strongly, that when we fight for for relationships and surrounding ourselves and our kids and our families with people who are really going to point them towards Jesus, it's hard work. It's really hard work, but it's 100% worth it every time. And so we think there's there's more hunger for that than ever, both in our age demographic. I mean, you can hear anywhere anywhere you look about millennials who are leaving the church, right? Um, there's so much hunger for this in our age demographic, but it's it's in all age demographics. So we're very excited because we think for the people who who are really desiring that and really seeking that, um, there's going to be tremendous uh, spiritual growth next year. <clears throat> yeah, and as as John said, this is the um, being being in person is is kind of our uh being in incarnate relationships and having those face-to-face interactions that's going to be our next uh campaign topic is we're calling it among us um for the first few weeks here in december we're going to talk about um jesus and how his incarnation is kind of the model for us and how to uh, live relationally and some of the sacrifices that he made to live relationally so we'll be talking about that um in, in the next next week, we'll be starting that series and talking about the incarnation and and we get it we get how I- ironic it is but <laughs> that we're doing this digitally Church online and, and talking yeah, about yeah. yeah we totally get that um, but next week plan is to be in person again and um, the we we think that because of how much we have been forced to to go digital with stuff that there's a real hunger for in-person, incarnate, real relationships. That is one. And another one I think is that in this, in this time, it's forced us to ask big questions. So like, don't shy away from those big questions. I, I, I'm sure it's, it's forced you to ask big questions about worship, about uh, um, 
what Sunday morning experience is like. Uh, without Sunday morning, how do you still worship God, and what does that look like, and what does that mean? Um, I hope it, I hope you've asked big questions about like what does <laughs> with everything going on, like civil disobedience. When is that? Uh, when is that permissible for Christians, and when isn't it? Dive into those, man. Lean into those questions. Use this opportunity. Um, I'm sure you've learned a lot about yourself um, over the last year and how you best worship God and your thought processes and where you go in all of the in all of the current events with the world and everything going on around us. Um, so lean into those. Lean into those. Don't waste this moment and grow spiritually as as best you can and just seek God and draw close to Him and I think He'll lead you. Yeah, for sure. The last thing, and the, the probably our primary push in terms of strategy and what we're, what we're trying to do better next year is getting other people involved in leading and ministering. And so this is going to be kind of our primary push in 2021. We want to we get to a spot where there's a lot more things happening in terms of worship and in terms of discipleship, in terms of ministry, that just don't require either of us at all. Um, that's been our heart for a long time, and it's, it's about learning how to facilitate that and make it happen. So we are going to be uh, focusing a lot of our energy on that for 2021 and very excited about that, um, getting people into those spots to be able to lead and minister and use their gifts. And um, so I'm going, to, I'm going to read a verse to you guys as, as a way of closing it out that just gets to the heart of this. It's from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we will attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that verse really sums up really well what we're going to pursue in 2021. We're going to wrap up uh, our service today in this stream, and we thank you so much for watching, for joining us. We are really excited about next year. It's been a hard year, but we've learned a lot. And, uh, and we hope you have too. We hope you're excited to join us as we move into 2021. You want to close us out in prayer? Absolutely. Lord, God, as we've been singing and talking about today in the midst of um, stress, in the midst of uncertainty and the unknowns, Lord, we, what a joy it is to still praise you. God, what a joy it is to know you, uh, to know your, your comforting presence, your peace that you give us. Lord, I pray for all of us um, that we wouldn't waste the challenges of this year that, Lord, we turn them into growth. And as we reflect on you, Jesus, and your, your love for us, your presence with us, help us to be faithful, Lord, to the call that you have given us. And, Lord, to live out who you have made us to be in Christ. So, Lord, we love you and we praise you. And, Lord, we pray for our church community, that we would grow in unity, that we would grow into maturity, uh, into the fullness of Christ, Lord, of what you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.